Welcome to Top 12 Movies, a show where we collect the top 12 movies of the year, one episode at a time. This time, we're going to count down the best of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Plus, we'll chat about Spider-Man Homecoming and see if it finds a place on the top 12 movies of 2017. I'll never forget the first time I read a comic book. It was during the summer and I was sick in bed up at a cottage my family had been renting in this small lakeside town in Ontario a few hours north of Toronto. My mom brought me a Web of Spider-Man comic book and he looked damn cool in that black suit. And while the comic book itself didn't make me better, the act of reading a comic book stayed with me for a lifetime. Soon, I was at the corner store picking up comics all of the time. I was diving deep into Batman the Animated Series on Saturday mornings. I was even buying those Marvel trading cards. And this is where I really became a Marvel fan myself. It was, it was collecting those stupid trading cards that I just had to have. I collected the stats like I was collecting baseball players. Spidey had a 7 in agility, the highest number you could have, but only a 5 in strength. Where up against Hulk, at max strength, you'd see an agility of like 3. And then as I got older, the movies started rolling out. I mean the good ones, not Captain America and Fantastic Four that were made for TV. No, we got X-Men in 2000, and then Spidey in 2002, but it wouldn't be until 2008 that Iron Man would drop and start world-building the definitive shared universe, the MCU, also known as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And since then, almost every year we've been hit with big blockbuster superhero movies from Marvel Studios. Movies steered by the likes of Giants, Joss Whedon, Kenneth Branagh, the Russo brothers, John Favreau, and almost, we almost had Edgar Wright. But all these movies are not created equal. Let's count down the top 12 movies of the MCU. Number 12. Kicking off our list at number 12 is a familiar one from recent years, and that is Doctor Strange. I think we can all agree Benedict Cumberbatch is awesome as Doctor Strange. I had a really trippy time watching this movie. I remember going by myself and sitting down and going, I don't know how this is going to be. I was never really into Doctor Strange comics, and there were just some really great moments in this movie. The final fight with Dormammu is maybe the most heroic thing that any superhero will do on this list. I mean, talk about suffering. Talk about how how amazing a sacrifice you have to have. He is a true hero. Um, obviously, there are problems with this movie. Rachel McAdams isn't given a lot to do. Uh, the relationship between the two is kind of like, does this need to even be here? I think it does. I think that when they first have that fight after the accident, that's a really 
crippling moment for a character and it builds it up. It breaks my heart to see you this way. Don't, don't pity me. I'm not pitying you. Oh yeah, then what are you doing here? Bringing cheese and wine like your old friends going for a picnic. We are not friends, Christine. We were barely lovers. But you just love a sob story, don't you? Is that what I am to you now? Poor Stephen Strange, charity case. He finally needs me, another drag of humanity for you to work on. Patch him up and send him back into the world. Hearts just humming. You care so much, don't you? Goodbye, Stephen. And for a film like this, you're actually really going to need really strong characters because we're about to go through a wacky, trippy, crazy thing. So that's why this one ends up at number 12 on the list. Number 11. Number 11 is our first controversial one on this list because I really actually do enjoy The Incredible Hulk. It took a couple of viewings to get there, but there's a lot of good in this film. It's amazing that it came out after Iron Man and was as much fun as it actually was because after Ang Lee's, I'm going to say artsy take on Hulk, which I really just hated the ending of that one. I, for the most part, there were things about that movie that I didn't mind, but uh, the ending, the the final battle of Ang Lee's Hulk sucked. But the final battle in The Incredible Hulk was anything but that. It was fantastic. It also didn't need to go through an origin because it recognized, yeah, this is sort of a continuation of what you just saw. And I really dug that, like, a lot because... Marvel Studios didn't own the property at that point. They could have just done a full flat out reboot. You had him on the run and that was great. And I was totally down with that. Um, Edward Norton was really, really cool as Bruce Banner. I think we can all agree that Mark Ruffalo is a way better Bruce Banner. I didn't mind Edward Norton. I actually thought he was just fine. And his squirreliness and things like that really, really played to the character where yeah, you know, Mark Ruffalo is a little more straight man when he plays Banner. Great action pieces. I really like Tim Roth as a villain. When he became Abomination, it was kind of like weak. But I love that he was this guy who wanted to fight him. I love that he was the first super soldier, really, that worked after Cap. Um, there were there were very cool transitions there. And I, I, I dug them all. So, uh, Incredible Hulk, number 11. Is that it? Blonsky, pull back now. Is that all you got? Number 10. Number 10 is one from this year, and it's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. You know why I did it, Star Munch? Hmm? I'm not gonna answer Star Munch. I did it because I wanted to! Dick. What are we even talking about this for? We just had a little man save us by blowing up 50 ships. How little? Uh, like this? A little one-inch man saved us. Well, if he got closer, I'm sure he'd be much larger. Yeah, that's how eyesight works, you stupid raccoon. Don't call me a raccoon! I've said this on this podcast before. This movie is not perfect, but it's a lot of fun. And that's all I'm going to say is... Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, you can sit down, you can watch it, you can have a great time, and at the end, you can walk away from it. It's really not as world-building as some of the other ones on this list, and I don't think the villain was particularly great. 
The best parts about it, I know I've said this before, but the best parts about it, I think, are Nebula and Gamora coming together. That's my favorite part of the movie and the favorite, my favorite thing about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. You know, they gave Groot and Rocket like very little time this, this round and they kind of played it thick and I never really bought the Yondu thing. Um, but what I am saying is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is a lot of fun. There may be holes, but there is a lot of fun and I'm putting it at uh, number 10 on the list. Number nine. Number nine might surprise you because it's so low on my top 12, but I got to go with Captain America Civil War. Civil War was clustery, but had such great moments. When Tony looks at Steve and says, we were friends too. You feel that. When he looks and says, he killed my mom. I believe it because I've been with them for so long and their, their relationship has grown over the course of time. Um, you really believe that there is now going to be that divide. And that last fight between Iron Man and Captain America is not only iconic, it's heartbreaking. That shield doesn't belong to you. You don't deserve it. My father made that shield. But let's talk about the thing that everybody loves in this film, and that is that airport scene. The airport scene in the introduction to, uh, you know, Spider-Man in the MCU is such a cool reveal. It it would have been amazing if they had left that out of the trailers and the marketing. I think that would have been so awesome because it would have just been like that, yeah, moment, like of all moments to see him like that. Nice job, kid. Thanks. Well, I could have stuck the landing a little better. It's just a new suit. Well, it's nothing. Mr. Stark, it's, it's perfect. Thank you. Yeah, we don't really it's... need to start a conversation. Okay. Cap Captain? Big fan of Spider-Man? Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Just... Hey, everyone. Good job. That's our introduction to this Spider-Man of this MCU, and he's a lot of fun. He's excited about things. Um, you know, when he catches... <laughs> when he catches the Winter Soldier's arm, and he's like, You have a metal arm? That's so cool! You know, he's this geeky kid who thinks things are neat, and that's Peter Parker. The one thing about Civil War that drives me up the wall is that villain. And a lot of people like the villain, or at least I've had conversations recently where they've they've really empathized. You know, this guy killed their family, so he went to all this trouble. Sure, I, I'm down with that, but there are way too many hoops. Like, it's Batman v Superman level of hoops to get them to the last facility and have them fight like it was uh, it's kind of mind-numbing to think that that zemo would go to that much trouble while he's grieving like it, it, it's mental but i do like the idea of the split happening between them because the winter soldier killed tony's mom and the reveal i think it's fantastic like i really think that's a fantastic piece of movie making history uh and captain america civil war shows up at number nine on the top 12 Number eight. All right, coming in at number eight is another one I didn't love the first time that I saw it, but damn, are these movies rewatchable. So I've seen this movie actually a ton more times, and it is Thor. So Chris Hemsworth is basically the best casting ever in a Marvel movie. Uh, I mean, maybe sharing Chris Evans, I don't know, but uh, he's just Thor. He is Thor. 
um, you are introduced to probably the best villain in all of the MCU, which is Loki. And it's uh, it's a rich Shakespearean kind of film. And you get a lot of humor when he comes to Earth, but you also really empathize now that his power is taken away and he's got to figure things out for his own. He's been cast out, so he kind of gives up. And then he realizes true inner power gets his power back. I mean, it is as origin as an origin story could be. Damn if it's not a charming little film. So number eight on the list is Thor. This drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! Sorry, Izzy, little accident. What was that? It was delicious, I want another. Well, you could have just said so. I just did. No, I mean, ask nicely. I meant no disrespect. All right, well, no more smashing. Deal? I have my wood. Number, number seven. Number seven is the feature film that I'll be talking about after this list is over. So I'm not going to give you anything. But number seven is Spider-Man Homecoming. We're going to have Spider-Man swing in, say you guys are tight, and then I get a fist bump or one of those half broke hooks. Number six. We're talking Ant-Man. I think Paul Rudd <laughs> is amazing as ant-man he's so much fun he's so earnest he's genuine you know he's uh he's a criminal with a heart of gold you get this sort of heist film it would have been amazing to have edgar wright at the helm but i still think we it delivered a really solid mcu film that i find myself going back to moments like when he explains to Evangeline Lilly, why it's him, because he is expendable. Those are really solid points. But even now he still wants to shut me out. He doesn't want to shut you out. He trusts you. And why are you here? It proves that he loves you. Hope, look at me. I'm expendable. That's why I'm here. You must have realized that by now. I mean, that's why I'm in the suit and you're not. He'd rather lose this fight than lose you. I also really like the the fighting in the briefcase. I also really like the train set. Uh, but all, all in all, I just really like the story. You know, his first heist is like going to Avengers, uh, the Avengers building to steal something. Uh, guys, we might have a problem. Like, didn't you say this was some old warehouse? It's not. You son of a bitch! That's a cool scene. The villain is really a shithead. I really like that. And uh, he's not one of the best villains for sure, but he is definitely uh, one of the more menacing villains once he's in the yellow jacket suit because he's just like he's got blasters on and, you know, Ant-Man's got a bunch of ants and the ants are dying. Did anybody else like feel really bad for Antony? In my heart, guys. In my heart. It emotionally resonated with me. So that's why Ant-Man comes in at like six on this list. Number five. We are coming in at the top five. What will be number five? I wonder now. Okay. Captain America makes the list again and it is the first Avenger. This was a B movie when I first saw it. But over time, and again, those rewatches, Captain America the First Avenger is a solid superhero film. I love that it's cast 
in World War II, that they're fighting the Nazi Hydra agents. I love that it's all about turning the tide of the war. I really like that in Wonder Woman as well. So maybe there's that tie in there. But ultimately, Chris Evans as Steve Rogers is so likable. He's so charming. The transformation is stunning from what he goes to to becoming Captain America. It is amazing. That is movie freaking magic. How'd you feel? <sighs> taller. Um, you look taller. I just love the last line in the film, which is... You gonna be okay? Yeah. Yeah, I just... I had a date. You feel so... It's one of the only movies where at the end you don't fist bump the sky. You know what I mean? Like you're not... Yes, at the end of the film, you're you're kind of like, oh man, it almost feels like an Empire kind of situation. Like, yeah, you're glad he's back, but he'll never have that with Peggy. And that is, uh, that's emotional. It's sad. And none of the other movies of any, any of the other superheroes have that except Captain America movies where you're like, hmm, okay. I wonder what happens next. Captain America, the first Avenger is number five on my list. Number four. Guardians of the Galaxy. What a surprise this was. People didn't even know who these people were. Like I said, I've been reading comics a long time, so I knew a lot about the Guardians of the Galaxy going in. I knew about the irreverent humor, and I was so happy and delighted with this amazing little James Gunn film. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yo, Ranger Rick, what are you doing? You can't take apart my ship without asking me. See, what is this? Don't touch that. It's a bomb. A bomb? Yep. And you leave it lying around? I was gonna put it in a box. What's a box gonna do? A lot of people compare it to a Star Wars film, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say yeah, it's sort of like a big space western. You have all of the characters who come together and they decide that they're gonna fight. There are some things in Guardians of the Galaxy that are like you know, it's it's overly over levity, I guess is the term for it. Like the comedy is so overwrought that sometimes things don't get to land. But then I think back to that first scene where Peter Quill's mom dies and that is an effective scene. So yeah, like later on, he's uh, he's a little more happy-go-lucky. I think he's had to keep up his humor over the years traveling with the Yondu crowd. So I really like Peter in this one. I like him way more in this one than I do in the sequel. I like I like everything about this more than I like the sequel, and uh, it's number four on my list because it's such a great, great story. It introduces everyone so well. We Are Group is amazing. Guys, say it with me. We, we are Groot. Number four. Number three. All right, coming in at number three, we are looking at The Avengers. The last 40 minutes of this film, as you know, as I'm sure everybody has told you, are incredible. When the team finally comes together, it's incredible. You've got really great moments with Coulter, which I know they kind of killed with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, you know, Tony being yelled at by Captain America uh, 
you've never lost a soldier. I'm not a soldier. Like it, uh, it's a great moment in the film. Um, everybody gets their own moment. You know, you have Natasha up at the beginning, uh, and then her moment with Hawkeye where they get to actually have a conversation. We have her going up against Loki and talking about her ledger. You get Bruce Banner at the beginning as well with Natasha. Um, and then later on, you get Tony up against Loki and then rhyming off the team, which is now iconic. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, living legend who kind of lives up to the legend. A man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella. You've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. The Avengers is a superhero movie unlike any other that came before it. It entirely relies on the MCU, which is is great. It's so unique. I love that. You know, I gotta say, we haven't seen it since. Age of Ultron missed the mark, and even Civil War, which delivered some of it, did not do what the Avengers did. That scene with Captain America when he's talking about, last time I was in Germany, there was a man standing in front of everyone else. We disagreed. Great scene. Everybody gets their time. Everybody gets their moment. And I, we haven't seen it since, and I hope we see it in Infinity War. But the Avengers, number three, I mean, it's amazing. I, I understood that reference. Number two. Number two, I am Iron Man. That Black Sabbath impression was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> but Iron Man falls in at number two on my all-time list. I love this movie. I love that it was so surprised. I loved when I went to see it in theaters on a total whim because I actually wanted to go see something else. And it was, uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was sold out or I missed it. And we were like, let's go see Iron Man instead. And we went to see Iron Man and what a treat that was. All the way up, the first and second act are perfect. I love the way they introduce Tony. I love that he's in a cave when he comes up with the technology to build Iron Man. I love that when he builds Iron Man, he's yelling at his robot. I, <laughs> I love um, I love Pepper. I love the banter. I love Tony Stark. This is Tony Stark in his Tony Starkiness. I like he's so damn good. And Marvel is so good at casting that he, they were like Robert Downey Jr. Let's you know, I said Chris Hemsworth earlier. Honestly, there's so many good casting choices happening at Marvel Studios. So I can't even really I gotta take that back or something. Because really, really, whoever pegged Robert Downey Jr. and said, he's Tony Stark. That's who he is. And let's keep it with that is amazing. Like that person needs all of the money. Just give them all of the money. Is it better to be feared or respected? And I say, is it too much to ask for both? They say the best weapon is one you never have to fire. I respectfully disagree. I prefer the weapon you only have to fire once. That's how dad did it. That's how America does it. And it's worked out pretty well so far. I don't need to go into more about Iron Man. Tony Stark sells Iron Man. Um, without Robert Downey Jr., you don't have you don't have the MCU. So number two, which when I say that, I guess should just be tied with number one. Number one. I know a lot of people on podcasts give this movie shit. 
They say, it's not a political thriller. It's not these things, but The Winter Soldier is still my absolute favorite MCU movie. It took Captain America and made him cool. For once, we're way ahead of the curve. By holding a gun to everyone on Earth and calling it protection. You know, I read those SSR files. Greatest generation? You guys did some nasty stuff. Yeah, we compromised. Sometimes in ways that made us not sleep so well. But we did it so that people could be free. This isn't freedom, this is fear. Not only that, but we really got a gritty story that completely affected and changed almost everything that happened forward. All of the origin stories have been set up, but no other film kind of tore apart the MCU and then had to rebuild after the fact more than The Winter Soldier. Obviously, we saw that really, really affecting in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which... There has been, <laughs> there's been remarks that they didn't know that that was coming until they got the script and they were like, oh crap. Okay. So this is completely changed. Like they didn't know about the winter soldier. They found out after the winter soldier came out and it was like, yeah, sorry, we had to keep it secret. That's nuts. Like that's nuts. But, you know, deep down, Captain America is the heart and soul of the Avengers. He is really, he's really the heart and soul of like the Marvel Universe in a lot of ways. I know Spider-Man has the brains and the morality and, and mostly Steve just sticks to the morality. But there's a reason every single comic book character of Marvel looks up to Captain America. It, there is an absolute reason for that. A born leader. That scene at the end of the film when he gets on the intercom. I know I'm asking a lot. But the price of freedom is high. It always has been. And it's a price I'm willing to pay. And if I'm the only one, then so be it. But I'm willing to bet I'm not. I mean, I get chills when I hear that. It's still an amazing film. Now, um, I've also heard this argument about this film, that you don't really like Bucky. That's fair. I, I'm not a huge Bucky supporter myself. That's why Civil War isn't like way, way up there, because I don't really understand how after all this time and knowing all the things that he knows about Bucky Barnes, he can still be like, yeah, no, he's my best friend and I don't want anything bad to happen to him. You know, it's, it's, it's a strange, it's a strange thing. With that said, I look at everything as a whole and I think it's incredible. I think it's, there's a reason the Russo brothers ended up getting Civil War and it's because of this film and I love it. So that's it. Number one with a bullet is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. But why don't you tell me where on your list things would come? Would Spider-Man Homecoming come up or down? Or or would Civil War be number one because of that airborne sequence? I'd love to know. You can reach out anytime. All right, it's time to talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. Remember, there won't be any spoilers here, but I will be giving you what I do and don't dig about the film. So if you feel like that could be a, be a spoiler for your time, Please be sure to skip ahead to favors and forgets. The world's changing. It's time we change too. So this is the first time that Spider-Man has been introduced as a feature film in the MCU. So Peter Parker is back. It's a Spider-Man versus the Vulture kind of movie with a sideline of the Avengers kind of watching over him. I want to explain something to you before I jump into this. And it, it has to do about the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. 
because of my age, I understand that that is my Peter Parker. Okay. Tobey Maguire will always be my Peter Parker. Those stories will always be my Spider-Man stories. Um, and that's okay. This is a Peter Parker for my 15-year-old nephew. This is a Spider-Man for the next generation. And I am so down with that. But you have to understand that I'm always going to love my Spider-Man movies a little bit more than anything that comes afterwards. So what did I like about it? I liked the comedy. Um, it was great seeing him goof around with uh, a couple criminals and just sort of the slapstick stuff that came out of the suit and just him trying to be Spider-Man and do a good job and be the right person. I liked the suit. The suit was really good. I still think that uh, the best Spider-Man costume out of all the movies so far was sadly in the amazing spider-man 2 i thought that was the best one but that's okay uh i love his his eyes that they move like they do in the comics i always think that's kind of neat i like tom holland he's a really likable guy i loved michael keaton as the vulture there's this one scene which i won't get into but there's one scene with him and tom holland and they're having a conversation and it is it's like top three or four scenes out of maybe the entire MCU. So I really loved Michael Keaton in this role. I really liked Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I thought it was cool. Um, things I'm going to be a little more fickle about. There's not a ton of conflict in this film, like because of the levity and it's, it's is Spider-Man light. There's not a lot of tension for what he's doing and and the stakes aren't really all that high for uh, for Peter. And because there's not a lot of tension, there's not a hell of a lot to be like, yay, and like cheering and rooting for him because he's never really down on his luck all that much that you need to put your fists in the air and scream out. Um, I also think, and this is a weird little thing, and I'm, I again, this is actually a really fun movie. It spent a lot of time dealing with the rest of the MCU and the Avengers and things like that. And it would have been nice to have a standalone story that was separate. I know this is kind of his origin was sort of in Civil War, but it would have been nice to see it from the ground up. Uh, and that's just a like a little quibble because, like I said, it's a fun movie and I recommend you seeing it. So does it make it in the top 12 movies of 2017? You bet your ass it does. Welcome to the party, pal. It is coming in at number nine for the year so far. And since we're all caught up after that mini so, I hope you listen to the mini so before listening to this. Um, it does bump out Alien Covenant from the top 12 altogether entirely. Hasta la vista, baby. That means we've got a new top 12 movies to count down. Are you ready to count them down with me? Here we go. Number 12, 47 meters down. Number 11, Split. Number 10, John Wick 2. Number 9, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number 8, Dying Laughing. Number 7, The Girl with All the Gifts. Number 6, Get Out. Number 5, Kong Skull Island. Number four, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Number three, Logan. Number two, Wonder Woman. And number one is that new one from our mini-sode, Baby Driver. 
All right, it's time for favors and forgets. This is where I give you a flick I'd recommend and one that I just think is a plain wreck. So here's one I think you need to skip. It's called 30 Minutes or Less. It came out a couple of years ago. It's with Jesse Eisenberg and it just popped up on Netflix. The reason I made it about as long into the film as the title suggests, 30 minutes or less. I turned it off. I couldn't I couldn't even deal with it. The premise was ridiculous. The character sucked. I do not recommend watching 30 minutes or less at all. It's a, basically about a guy who get, gets a bomb strapped to him. He's a pizza. I just don't, I don't, I'm spending too much time on it as it is. Sorry. So if you see it in your Netflix, skip it. One I think that you should definitely watch is Far From the Madding Crowd. It came out a couple years ago. It stars Carrie Mulligan, Michael Sheen, and uh, Matthias Shanau? Shun I'm not even going to pronounce it. He plays Gabriel in the film. Anyway, it's a remake of a remake of a book, and it's a English period piece romance. Yep, I said that on this podcast. I know you're looking at like your podcast going, is this top 12 movies? I don't understand why he's talking about this. It's so good. One, it looks incredible. Two, the story is very affecting and catching and you love all the characters in it. You fall in love with um, Carrie Mulligan, who is playing Bathsheba, Bathsheba Everdeen. Listen, I don't know why it's this good. It doesn't deserve to be this good. But if you've never really jumped into those period piece things, I, I suggest trying with this one because I think you're really going to like it. And it's a real Carrie Mulligan plays this really strong woman for the time and Gabriel Oak who is played by that Matthias character he was in Rust and Bone and you'll recognize him I just don't know how to pronounce his name comes like I'm a jackass <laughs> I I think you should see far from the Madden crowd so if you are like what am I going to watch this weekend if you guys have a, a movie night that is your recommendation for the weekend. Enjoy. Top 12 Movies is produced by me, Jay Kennedy. All of the music you've heard today is from bensound.com. The amazing production pieces for our countdown were made by the fantastic Chris Shapcott. You can connect with me anytime to let me know how I'm doing, or maybe you have a suggestion for the show. You can reach out to me on Twitter anytime, or if you're a big movie geek too, I'm on Letterboxd, and on both, I am at Jester J. And if email is more your thing, feel free to reach out at top12j at gmail.com. You can also find the show on Facebook and Instagram at top12movies. Leave a comment on SoundCloud where I host the show, or if you're feeling ambitious, you could leave me a review on iTunes. That really helps bring the show up. So if you're enjoying what you're hearing and you want it to be around for a while, the show needs to grow. Otherwise, like I'm talking to myself. So let the show grow and go to iTunes and leave me a comment and say, this guy's awesome. If I suck, just go to another podcast. Don't leave a review. Just say I'm awesome. <laughs> so until our next episode, I just want to say thank you for spending some time today with me. And from me to you, keep the popcorn warm. <laughs>